My name is Pia Varnett and welcome to Women With Drive, a podcast highlighting women breaking through in the world of motorsport. Today's guest is Jess Hawkins. Jess is an English professional driver. She competed in the 2022 W Series Championship for Click to Drive Bristol Street Motors Racing Team, as well as the British Touring Car Championship. She was also a professional stunt driver with Fast and the Furious Live and appeared in the James Bond film No Time to Die. In May 2021, Jess became a driver ambassador for the Aston Martin Cognizant Formula One team. Jess is a very determined and focused woman who isn't easily held back, and you'll hear that energy come through in our interview today. So please enjoy my interview with Jess Hawkins. So Jess, my first question is a very easy one, and that is, where are you in the world and what have you been doing today? (laughs) I am in my house currently, which is in Milton Keynes, UK very close to Silverstone it's about anywhere between 20 minutes and half an hour depending on traffic very close to the home of motorsport as they call it. How did you get into racing? I first started when I was I had my first go when I was seven or eight years old I was always a really sporty kid I was never particularly academic but any sports I was really involved in uh, as a young kid and I was playing golf with my dad one day. My parents were separated from a very young age, so I used to go and play different sports with my dad every other weekend. And yeah, playing golf one day, and in the distance, I saw a cart track. I didn't really know what it was, to be honest, but it looked cool. And I begged my dad to let me have a go. And he was he was really quite reluctant at the time to let me have a go, probably for a number of different reasons. But we, we went over there, nevertheless, and luckily for him at the time, actually, I was too small to fit in the carts. There was a height restriction. And I was really quite far below that. So I wasn't able to have a go there and then. But it must have just stuck in my mind because I was pestering him then for a long time, begging him to take me back, see if I'd grown. And we had a phone call one day from them, actually, and they must have had some smaller carts in saying that I would likely fit now. So we went back after maybe six months or so. and. Uh, I was finally tall enough, so I had my first go, uh, instantly fell in love with it. And yeah, it was never intended to be a career, but here I am, nearly 20 years later, still in motorsport, and I love it. I don't know what I would do without it. Since last year, you've been working with Aston Martin Formula One team as a driver ambassador, and you're very much an integral part of the team. How has your role with the team changed you as a person? First of all, I never thought that I would ever be lucky enough to sign for a Formula One team, let alone one as big and prestigious as Aston Martin. So it was a huge honour to even first sign the contract, which was early part of last year. And since then, my role has grown since being with them. And yeah, still still with them. And um I'm very, very happy to be there. And coincidentally, I only live half an hour away, which is great. You must be so incredibly nervous before a race and it must be so hard to get into that mindset. So are there any routines that you do to prepare your mindset before a race? That is a very good question, actually. So, yeah, um, the mental side of motorsport is 
just as hard as the physical, I think. Probably the same with a lot of sports. I do have a a, a mind coach, a, a psychologist, I, a sports psychologist, I guess you'd call him, um, that I will have regular talks with in an upcoming race. And we kind of go through like mental processes also that I have to go through when I'm in car. Um, but honestly, the, the mental side of it is so important. And obviously the fitness as well, the fitness is just important. But for me, especially, I struggled throughout my career, especially the last maybe few years, I struggled to get in the right zone and kind of block out any, not worries, worries are the wrong word, any, oh God, I don't know what you'd call it. Any, not distractions, because I wasn't getting distracted. Silly things that, that that actually become a bit of an issue. Um, so that was a hurdle that I had to cross. I think the first time was 2019. And still, if I'm ever struggling with anything, I'll speak to him and we go through processes and he really helps me get focused again and forget the what possible worries I, I may have. So sort of connecting to what you said about getting in the zone, if you're in a race and you you make a mistake do you have any routines that you use to recover and move forward you just tend to so not worry about what's happened if, if a mistake has happened or you know I've made a mistake or maybe someone's made a mistake and it's affected me you just have to brush yourself down and go again and not let, let that affect the rest of the race it's so important to be able to kind of not think about what's happened previously and just concentrate on going forwards again because that's the main the main issue if you, if you start to worry about previous things that could really affect the end result so you just have to get it out of your mind and focus on the remaining race or the remaining qualifying you've been very vocal about increasing opportunities for female drivers in the sport what do you think could be done at the lower levels of motorsport to prepare more women to make it into the elite levels? I think that firstly, we've made headway um, from when I first started. I was, when I first started, one of very, very few females that were racing. And we've seen, especially over the last few years, seen a massive turn. And we are starting to see female participation growing so much, especially at grassroots level, which I kind of see grassroots at karting um where I first started and I think in some ways if I if I look if I look back to when I first started I often wonder if I'd have never seen that car track cart track in the distance would my dad have ever or, or my mum ever taken me to a cart track and the answer is probably no and that's not his fault or my mum's fault. That's just, I guess, stereotypically, motorsport is seen uh, as a man's world. And I think that with several different organisations and, um, and people backing females in motorsport, that we are starting to change that stereotype. And really, I think if, if, if the younger generation and the younger females can, can see females like myself and the good few others that they are kind of excelling and getting to the pinnacle of motorsport that they will be able to believe that they are able to do the same. So I, I do believe that change is happening. I do understand that it's not going to be overnight, 
but yeah, I'm, I would be very keen to, or I am keen to help female participation in motorsport. And that's not just drivers either. There are so many more uh, female mechanics now, engineers, strategists, all different parts of motorsport. We are seeing so many more females in motorsport. Now, I'm sure you've experienced what we like to call mansplaining of motorsport. <laughs> so have you experienced men mansplaining motorsport to you? And what do you do when this happens? You know what, Pia? I actually think that I I personally, on, the, on this story, like I come from good experiences. I remember maybe when I was really young, maybe having to prove myself a little bit more at the beginning and I will always say that my gender has never held me back although maybe I do think that it was more difficult to be taken seriously at a younger age I guess nobody ever thought that a a female would make it to the top and myself amongst others I guess proving them wrong and whilst there's not a female in racing in the pinnacle of motorsport i.e formula one I do think that you know there will be one day and we are growing ever closer to that but yeah, I I guess I've had good experiences, but I do know that that isn't the case for some other females. Their journey's perhaps been a little bit harder. So yeah, I don't think my gender's held me back, but I do think potentially it was more difficult to be taken seriously when I was younger. I know you've talked about Formula One not necessarily being your, your end goal in your career. So what does success look like for you? Probably, probably two things. I would, I, I, I will be happy if I look back in twenty, thirty. I don't know how many years time, forty years time, and I say to myself, "Do you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed what I did, and I did everything that I could possibly do to get as far as I can, and I made a career in motorsport. I was able to be." extremely lucky and love every single minute of my job and also to feel like I've made a difference in helping the younger generation making maybe motorsport more accessible to younger drive younger females or given x amount of advice to everyone I could or you know trying to steer people in the right direction and just and just help really those two things for me uh, and if I can like maybe help break down barriers so the younger generation don't have to face those barriers when they are on their journey upwards, I'll be very pleased. And of course, having a career in it myself. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank you for listening to my interview with Jess Hawkins. I hope you found it interesting and heard something that can be applied to your own experience. If you have any feedback or know a woman breaking through in motorsport that you think I should interview, my details are in the show notes. 